your friends, you're listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boy. I'm here with Aide Jimenez. We're in Tijuana, Mexico, Baja, California. Um, we just played a show together at NetNet, and we are now sitting in my van, Del Griffith, on, what is this, Avenida Tercero? Tercera. Tercera. I wanted to talk to Aide about her worst show. First of all, thank you, Eddie, for being on the show. Thank you. You're my first... No, wait, I was going to say you're my first international episode, but that's not true. I did one in Canada, so... Well, now it's your... First Mexican one. NAFTA. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck NAFTA. Fuck NAFTA politics. Fuck NAFTA. Sure. Yeah, this was a lovely show. Yeah, thank the, you very much. This for was that. not my worst show ever. No, mine yeah. neither. Oh, good. That's what I wanted to start off with. <laughs> we both agreed that I was not the worst show ever. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so tell me about your worst show ever. Okay, well, the worst show ever I thought was my first show ever because okay. I had a lot of expectations for it. Okay. I was living in Austria and I in Salzburg and I got asked to play at this really awesome show. Actually, the show was amazing. Okay. But it was the shittiest for me. Okay. That's what I also want to say. Okay. Um, but it was called Poetro and they were launching a, a very cool a poetry book done by like a collective of artists in in Austria. Poetro is the name of the venue? Or the, the book. The, the, the book. Actually, that was like the, the celebration. and But they got a super cool venue in the middle of a park. I want to talk about the best show ever, okay. actually. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, uh, so it was super cool. I knew I was like, I got a ride with another artist that I really admire from yeah. Austria, Pericles. Okay. And What's I, the name? Pericles, Pericles, but he spells it P-R, uh, P-R. C-L-S Okay, no vowels Yeah And by that time I never performed I didn't perform live I just composed And produced on on Ableton And So I remember uh, Composing everything Fresh new for that show And I remember even like uh, On the car With my shitty computer Almost dying But not Still finishing tracks And stuff Yeah Because I wasn't satisfied, you know, like, I, I didn't want to just, you know, I wanted to feel like new material always. Yeah. Now I improv, it makes everything way right. easier. Right. Back then I didn't know. So anyway, I put a lot of effort into it. I arrive and the place is amazing. It's full, there's like 500 people and I was like, wow, this is my first show. <laughs> what the crazy. heck is yeah. going on? Like, yeah. this is awesome. Thanks, you guys. And, but you were living in Salzburg at the time? Uh-huh, and I, okay. and I traveled to Graz, which is a really cool town in Austria. It's the most alternative place okay. uh, politically in, in Austria. And then, um, so the show starts, it's packed, and then the program was some act, and me, and, and then some other act, which I failed to know what it was really. Like, I didn't know who else was going to be part of the show, my yeah. bad. That's my super. <laughs> that's the worst thing, you know. Ever? Why don't you know who's playing? And but I think the event was pretty big. In any case, a super noisy band, amazing, maybe. But I wasn't into noise before. Okay. 
and my music was completely melodic and uh, pretty electronic kind of minimal com different programming in the neurons no kind of music okay. and then there was amazing I think it's called Tam Tam the band okay. who was playing like in the below the they were playing at the same time as I was playing. Okay, and so there two so, stages? There was, yeah, so okay. let's re-edit okay. or whatever. But <laughs> no there were two stages. I was yeah. on the top floor, it was full, and then the noisy band played. And on, then the, it, on the same stage? On the or? same stage, okay. and then I was the next. Okay, gotcha. And when I got on stage, the place completely like... It was empty. Everybody, <laughs> oh, everybody left as soon as I got on stage. Okay. <laughs> like before you actually started? Or like as you were starting? As I was starting and right after the super noise, like, I don't know what kind of like yeah. instrumental noise it was, but hardcore. Yeah. Which I didn't understand completely then. I don't still understand that kind of... Um, like experience yet yeah, very yeah. aggressive very yeah. aggressive for me I, at least so everybody left right after that maybe because it was like way too much and maybe they thought it was going to be something more of that right. Right. is what I was thinking you know like hey no but what I didn't know was that the band downstairs was extremely like popular and amazing okay. and I remember my boyfriend at the time also was like hey I'll be back I'm going to be downstairs <laughs> everybody oh, that okay. I knew that from that event that had invited me, everyone was downstairs. Okay. And I remember saying, okay, fuck it. And then five people stayed upstairs. Five people? From and 500 to five? Yeah. Damn. And that was kind of amazing for me <laughs> that I had an audience. And uh, I realized then, like, wow, okay, so I'm just going to enjoy my music in right. super loud speak speakers right. and see what happens. And so I played press played <laughs> yeah. my compositions and kind of just figured out the equalizing because it was the first time listening to my music in loudspeakers right. outside of my headphones because right. I and that was that and so I finished and the organizer came up running hey downstairs is almost done do you want to redo your set and I was like <laughs> fuck <laughs> okay I guess <laughs> that's I mean, but because I guess I can, because you just replay, press play again. Okay. Now at the time <laughs> you were using Ableton, you were using Ableton. Yeah, but but everything was totally right. You today, did it all beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Today, for example, I was using Ableton. I yeah. kind of went back to the roots, but I did everything like live and the lives, yeah. you know. Yeah. And now I see it differently. But back then it was just like my different kind of tool. Right, I got you. So I had no problem pressing play, and my insecurity was like, okay, I guess I'll press play again, and I said yes. Okay. So I kind of sold out, kind of. Wait, I don't know if that's selling out. No. Sort of, cause because then there was people already like there listening to it twice. I don't know, maybe. They just the five people, yeah. Yeah, but. But then did more people come up? Not too much. <laughs> okay. That's the thing. <laughs> okay. The party was way too cool downstairs. Okay. <laughs> And so that's okay. the fucking. That was the worst. Would it have been okay if, if like more people came up? If then like hundreds of people came up and all heard it the second time, I would have still felt like, yeah. you know, how long kind of weird about how long was everything. Your set? I guess at least thirty minutes. Yeah. 
at least it's definitely and not weird. more than forty, but I mean, you know? so you didn't know the other band how cool they were, but also I feel like for a show, like having two things at the same time is just I hate that. It's not a good idea. Like at a festival, you can't help it. Like that's gonna happen. Well, I don't know about that. I, I that was like the perfect lesson for the rest of my life. Yeah. Involved in organizing shows um, and festivals. Yeah. Is that I don't ever want to do that to anybody, and I don't want to ever like uh, miss anything or have any other people miss something or like I don't want this for anybody but I mean if on some festivals where there's like 20 stages and you can't you can't do one at a time to choose as a audience I've tried to do the first show fest that I did was because we love you fest and that was back to back everybody and there were like 15 acts so we said, fuck it, we're just going to do very but just, punk DIY. But just but two stages or one stage? or It was one stage. Okay. And then the second one after that was Borderland Noise Fest. And then we had two stages and we did back to back as well. But the stages were facing each other in yeah. a kind of sort of small space. Yeah. It was at Mustache and 1250. The, and we placed everything so that people would walk back and forth. Okay. It was just like a sliding yeah. door between yeah. the stages. I do love that kind of festival. It was awesome. The energy was like, oh, cool, what? There's something else. Oh, what? Cool, there's something else again here. And and people got this rhythm right. of moving, interacting with the space, and also not missing out on anything. Right. And it gave time for the other stage, and it was like a few meters away. Right. So that worked out. Anyway, that, that was the lesson that it... But there's different, I guess I'm just thinking, there's different kinds of festivals. I like that kind of festival, but I also like, I don't, I don't personally like to go a lot, to a lot of festivals unless I'm playing, <laughs> and I don't play that many festivals, but one of my favorite festivals in the U.S. is called Tree Fort, and it, I love it partly because I'm not actually into all the music, but there's so much going on that there's usually something I want to check out, but I guess with festivals that have a lot of like indie rock... I don't really like indie rock that much. I mean, there's a handful of bands that I like, but I'm not into, like, every single Pitchfork band. I don't really care. So I guess it works out for me because I'm only into maybe, like... It's easy to choose. Maybe, like, a quarter of the music or less. And so then there's still always things going on, and I can choose, and I can check things out. That's the other nice thing. I mean, this is not an ideal musical experience. It feels a little bit like... um, being at Walmart or something where you just go like check out something for five minutes and then if you're not into it you can leave and check something mm-hmm. else out I don't think I have my most profound musical experiences there but it is cool for it for like discovering the music um, I've had that experience a few times at Tree Fort and other other festivals where you just wander around and say oh what's going on here and like maybe you love it or maybe you're like oh no that's not really my thing but I wanted to check it out now I know not my yeah. thing. I go check something else out. But it's a very casual experience. It sounds like you prefer, or like you really curate something for someone to like come and hear everything. Yeah, I mean, there's so many places where you go party and listen to beats that make you dance, which is amazing. I go do that for like gym hour after work. Yeah. I go to the 
place where I can do that, but here it's the place where you come and listen and okay, you got energized, inspired, okay, go and talk about it, go dance and trip on the, what you heard or go and like sleep and, and, and then wake up and listen to your CD that you bought that night and kind of roll with the experience or, and there's different ways to um, appreciate music, of course, but, but this, from the, when it's from listening for a super comfortable chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Uh, joint. There are very yeah, nice chairs uh, in there. Yeah. I have to say, you have quality taste in chairs. <laughs> I did notice that. I was like, oh, all of these are, I sat in two different chairs that were <laughs> both very comfortable. It's meant for you to be comfortable yeah. while you are there. But, for example, tomorrow there's a we won't have well there will be some chairs out but it will be more like a party feeling yeah. the experience will be different and then there's going to be a friend who's DJing yeah. and so on now you just made me think too there's been times when I've played now I also you know I play fairly quiet music and I've definitely also had the experience where you're at a festival and you're playing and there's another louder band that's playing at the same time and it means you can hear their set like everyone who's trying to listen to you can hear oh, their yeah. set but it's not not the other way around <laughs> and uh, recently I did this this was actually it wasn't the worst but it was sort of the funniest because the other band who was much louder than me was one of my favorite bands uh-huh. and I could I know all their songs and so oh my gosh. <laughs> it was you were really, jamming to it improv it was jamming. hard to ignore it I was like well I was gonna play this thing but I can hear, not just I can hear it, but I, I'm like in my head, I'm singing all the songs. <laughs> and it was tricky. It was it was really hard to block it out. Normally I can kind of just like try to go to a mental space where I ignore it. But this was like, no, but I loved it. I wish I was out there hearing I, this song to me. too. That's happened to me. There was a festival here called Sea North and they asked me, hey, do you want to suggest someone to come down I was like yes let's bring down OOFJ Chayla from LA okay. but I had a, I didn't show it to you there but I had my vibro acoustic bed yeah and I was giving sessions to people yeah and I had speakers and I mean I know I'm in a festival and the music is way louder but what was ended up happening was that I was giving vibro acoustic sessions to people jamming to that whatever I could hear okay and so it turned out kind of awesome <laughs> okay because yeah I could still I, I had to be flexible because they placed my station right behind the stage so it was clearly not gonna work out from the beginning and so I had to from the beginning decide okay I will have to jam with everything outside now, I don't know very much about it I didn't have noise canceling canceling headphones oh, either, right, right. you know it was with the headphones I had which is Part of the experience. You listen to binaural beats. Okay. Birds chirping or not, or you hear the whatever sounds outside and just integrated. Okay. I don't know that much about vibroacoustic sessions. What is it? Is it like a therapeutic? Yes. Oh, uh, you can definitely call it that, but you don't have to either. Uh, you know, Tibet symbols. Mm-hmm. That's vibroacoustic okay. therapy, for example. Some people place them on on body on the body, and okay. then it'll the vibration of that will oh, okay. resonate in, in your okay. body. But I have this mattress with subwoofers inside of it, so you yeah. lay on on a speak a very comfortable speaker, and 
you can just lay on it and feel the vibration of whatever is coming through the amplifier yeah. that is connected to the bed. So you don't have to use headphones. You can get the experience. You can the delivery system for the sound is just the lower frequencies going through the mattress. Okay. So you can you don't have to hear anything else extra. Okay. Yeah. So they you, we I put um, therapeutic frequencies. Uh, beats uh, and things that make you relax mainly or okay. and um, but you can with the headphones go deeper with the sounds that you hear and go more into music therapy okay. and combine it so, but it's pretty rad experience it's pretty intense yeah that sounds awesome and it's pretty yeah it, it is. but you do this uh, I mean I saw the the mattress up there but we didn't talk about it but you do this you were doing it in this space I do it in, in that, that space. But yeah. you're saying you might be moving to a different uh, space? Uh, well, I'll move it around into different places okay. and, and try out like wellness, more wellness-oriented uh, spaces and I'll offer it here cool. once in a while or take appointments. And you have a tour with it? I've taken it to San Diego a lot, to okay. festivals. Uh, I took it to Art Music Technology Fest at um, cool. San Diego Art Institute and then to... Okay. Another sensorium event that was uh, up here in, in downtown. And there was a lot of sensory, multi-sensory stuff going on. So yeah, I, I take it to places like that nearby, in, mainly in San Diego. Yeah. But yeah, the idea is to travel with it. Right. And you were saying, we talked earlier, you, you grew up here in Tijuana, but you sort of like crossed the border your whole life, like back and forth a lot. Yes. Um, is that shittier now, I'm guessing? Mm, no, I used to just drive across always and wait in line a lot yeah. and drive far away to go to where I'm going, maybe high school or, or kindergarten. Like I went through all those years of going back and forth and you do homework or you know tell jokes and eat your yeah. breakfast there, whatever, if you wait in line. But now I don't mostly ever cross the border in the car I walk across and so every time I do that I make sure I wear super walking shoes and I take it as my okay this is my exercise of the day I want to walk a a ton and then I walk to the trolley and just go somewhere where I have to go and then I walk some more and I started taking the public transportation and so I don't think that's shitty at all and the weight now is is way way less so you very fast because they because build, walking or because yeah they built like a new area for yeah. you to cross and the bridge along like elongates the 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 walking path okay and in time it's kind of spreads the people out in time so it doesn't accumulate at the border just for the walking or for driving too you're saying no just for the walking, just for walking. that's why okay. it's not so shitty anymore because now I walk and I'm super fast and I'm more kind of outside of my little box yeah that's awesome I mostly ask because I just feel like whenever I leave the US I feel like I have to apologize for the US <laughs> not that not that it's my fault but it's no, so it's, it's so garbage that it's embarrassing uh, that the country elected this cartoon for president um, mm-hmm. and if my news feed on Facebook is constantly just like just I mean just earlier tonight watched something of like some shitty ice agents 
trying to deport a guy who had been cleared of like by two judges that he could stay in the U.S. and like still just these ICE agents who are overzealous trying to be macho shitheads. Um, that happens a lot of uh, here, every, uh, everywhere in the world. There's where you sniff a little bit of power. Sure, sure. No, I think that's true, but I not not all borders are as violent as this one. I mean, mm. as far as the the attempt to enforce this yeah. one, I think. I mean, I lived in Europe for a while. I mean, for me, growing up in California, the first time I went to Europe, I think I was 17, and it blew my mind that you just that you like be driving on the freeway and there'd just be a sign that says. Bienvenue à France. Yeah, it's like, now France. Like, oh, I'm right. in France now. Okay, I was in Germany like, earlier. Oh, I'm in Delaware. Now I'm, yeah. Now I'm in France. Yeah. Okay. And I think one of the things I I always tell people what I think is important about traveling is you just get to see how other people do things. And sometimes you might not like it as much or you might like it better, but at least you can compare and say like, yeah. oh, there's lots of ways to do things, mm -hmm. not just the one way. And for me, having only experienced the California, Baja California border and then going and seeing like oh there's lots of ways that a border can be and really those borders depend on the economic and political and social relationships between those countries and then that made me think a lot about how like I said fuck NAFTA but it made me think a lot about NAFTA at the time like in the this was in the probably mid 90s when I first yeah. was being, being aware of it I think still every time I cross the border, I just it just makes me think a lot about this this shitty the, the, like you said the power is definitely the power. I think it takes a, a certain kind of person to be a border guard. <laughs> you know? I think I mean, so. You know? I think so as well. And then you are surprised when you meet someone super nice True. and it's a border guard, and then it's like confusing yeah it's like why are you here i think i remember every nice border girl i've ever <laughs> met and i cross borders a lot you know like yeah. i have to do it all the time but i i i go to canada a few times a year and normally both ways it's assholes you know and every now and again i can think of like two times in my whole life that i didn't have my van searched it was like every single time i assume i'm gonna get my van searched and then two times when I was coming back to the U.S. There was one time there was a guy who just like asked me a couple questions but he, he actually was asking him as if like he was bored. He was like, cool, how long you been in Canada? <laughs> yeah, what were you doing? Alright. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> just like, he said the bare minimum of things he had to say and he was like, yeah, take care, dude. <laughs> and uh, that guy was great. <laughs> Loved that guy. Uh, and then once... I was going to Alaska. I had driven through Canada to Alaska, and that was actually probably the most positive border experience I've ever had. The guy was from California, and I don't know how it came up, but he, he asked me where I was from, and then I was like, no kidding, where? And it turned out he was from like a town 20 minutes from my town, and he was just really nice. He just, just said, he's like, oh, cool, what are you doing in Alaska, man? But it didn't have that cop tone, you know, where they're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It was just more like, oh, that's cool. You drove, I think part of it is not that many people drive that road. Yeah. And so he was sort of just 
friendly to the few people who braved it, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, most of my border experiences are either... It's, it's like, best-case scenario, we'll just sort of get this over with. It's going to be unpleasant, but I hope it doesn't take too long. Right. I was just thinking about uh, border experience that we have here as musicians is that a lot of shows are happening on the other side. Yeah. And well, on both sides, obviously. But for going over there, being Mexican and taking your instruments across, yeah. it's difficult because, I mean, people normally get paid for their jobs and yeah. in, in San Diego or in the U.S. and uh, so you can't you can't you can't go show across the going across the border that you're going to go work if you right. don't have a work visa right. so you obviously you have your instruments and like you're obviously going to go work so uh, people either don't go to the show and say no I can't or get some friend to like U.S. friend that crosses the instruments for, for them okay so but then you gotta lie and yeah, say yeah. hey these are my instruments or you gotta say oh i'm just repairing them for you gotta come up with a story yeah totally i've had a, a situation where someone gave me like a gigantic suitcase full of like modular a bunch of stuff like a bunch of machines and and synthesizers, the synthesizers and ton of stuff and they're they asked me like hey uh, so how long have you been doing this? You oh, like 10 years. Oh, can you show me? I was like, yeah, sure. And, I, and I, there was a tiny box that had a smaller synth and I opened it and I kind of pretended like, yeah, this is, you know, this and that. Oh, you're saying that the border cop is asking Yes. That? Okay. Very specifically. And then... Wait, wait, he, going he, into the U.S.? Going coming? into the U.S. So I crossed some instruments for a friend that was... We were going up to LA to play a show. Do you there. have... Do you have dual citizenship? Yes. Ah, okay. I was waiting for that. I was like, but why, yes. why would he have you do it? Okay, gotcha. So, but I almost got in trouble, you know, and right. I didn't. It was great, but Ooh. I couldn't close the box correctly, you know. <laughs> oh, no. So it was right. kind of like, fuck, they're going to say, you know, is this really yours? And, but that didn't happen. But it didn't happen. So the first time I drove to Canada to play a show... I was so naive. I had no idea about this, like, about a work permit. It never crossed my mind, and I had—I just was stupid. I just ignorant, you know. And I—I I was driving. I was excited because I was crossing a border to play music. I had never done that before. I was going to Toronto, and I remember going to the first booth, and the guys asking me, like, "What are you doing in Canada?" And I'm, like, oh, I'm going to play some shows. Just a couple. Shows. I was just had like two shows or something. And he's like, oh, okay. Our, and then he said, you know, go see customs. And I went inside and said, okay, so what are you doing? You're playing some shows? Like, yeah. He's like, are you going to get paid? And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm spending like $100 on fuel getting here. I hope, hope I make a little bit of money. And then he goes, cool. So can I just see your work permit? And I had no, I was not prepared for any kind of question like that. And I, my first, and this is sort of sad because I think as musicians, as artists, it's it's hard enough to get other people to consider what we do as real work. But I didn't consider it real work. I was like, work permit, dude. I'm not gonna go 
work at a restaurant. I'm gonna go play music. You know, like I, I was just like confused. Like, I'm not gonna go get a job. I understand that very <laughs> you know? much. And yes. at that time, honestly, at that time I was a grad student. It was really more of like a vacation. It was like I was on tour during the summer, probably just for a month, like having fun playing shows, and then gonna go back to my like real job of being like a teacher at a, in a graduate program. But I. I didn't know that was gonna happen, so then I very quickly realized, like, oh shit, I better, I better untell some of these things I've just told him. And How did come you? Up. So undo I just the braid. <laughs> right, undo the braid. I think I just said, you know, they're they're little shows. I'm hoping to get paid like donations, but I have no guarantee of anything like that. And then I really didn't know. I mean, I didn't. I couldn't take back what I said. I already said, I hope so. And then he's... But at the time, this was like MySpace. I think he had... He was like... I didn't know this, but he would ask me questions and he would go in the back. He would like go into some other room and I'd just be sitting there waiting. And apparently he was checking the music out on MySpace and like checking out the venues. And he came back a couple times and would ask like one or two questions and then go back. And it took like 30 minutes like he kept leaving and coming back and I'm like what is I had no idea what he was doing back there at first but finally he comes back and it's like well your music's very interesting uh (laughs) it looks like these venues are very small it doesn't look like a commercial kind of show at all he got it and I was like okay cool cool but at that time, even if really, that is a cool even option. if you were playing a show where you were only going to make fifty dollars and you spent a hundred dollars on fuel, you were still going to need to have a work permit, right? Technically. So anyway, he said he would let me go, and then this is the weirdest part. He he said, "Well, so you're free to go if you feel like." just uh, donating one of your CDs to the office here uh, you're welcome to (laughs) and I was like it just threw me because normally when someone says oh your music's very interesting it's not a compliment right it's like it's weird they're really saying like that's weird weird." I appreciate it and I don't want to hear it is usually what that means and then he was asking me to like bribe him with a CD but I awesome Kind of. My initial response was not awesome. My initial response was, "I hate cops, and you're a fucking cop, and I'm not gonna give you shit." Is what I thought. Yeah. But I'm also like, is he gonna like possibly tell me I can't go to Canada if I don't? Like, I don't know if he's that serious about this, or if he's just letting me know that it would be appreciated. And I really had no way of knowing. I was so you're was freaking just, out still. Like, yeah. You're still nervous. And I was tell. sort of like. Walking back to my van, still thinking like, I'm like I don't want to give that guy shit. But then I'm like, ah, it's worth it to just give him one CD and then not have to deal with this. Maybe I should. Maybe. And I was still trying to decide. And then it turned out I had left, and he hadn't given me my passport. And so then he followed me out to my van to return my passport. <laughs> and then he's standing there at my van, like waiting. And I'm like. Alright, here you go. <laughs> I just gave him a CD. <laughs> and he's oh, thanks. And he acted surprised, like, oh, that's so nice of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Yeah. See, you got a fan. So I got, got a fan. fan. That's the thing is, but this is what I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, um, it sounds very cynical, but I, the power, right? Like, I don't even think he liked the music. I think he just wanted to have the power trip of, like, getting me to give him something that I didn't want to give to him. I think that's what it was, but. I hope that he listened to it and was. Me? Maybe it's just I don't like the idea that a border cop likes my music. So, Maybe I, I just don't. We're not friends. I don't want to be his friend. I don't want to no, make music that's he the likes. power of positive vibes. Okay. Breaking borders. You're a much more positive person than <laughs> I am. <laughs> I think. But but then like after that, every time I go to Canada for years, it's it's changed a little bit. Canada got a little bit better than the U.S. on this uh, a few years ago, where now they have exemptions. But up until just a few years ago. Every time I go, like two or three times a year, I'd have to lie and say, you know, I'm just gonna play music with some friends, or I'm just on vacation, or whatever. Um, but what's funny is I realized uh, yesterday when I crossed the border, I never do that in Mexico. They've never asked about. It. Oh yeah, no. They didn't this time. They didn't even ask me what I was doing. I mean, the thing that threw them. I don't know if I told you this. I run on vegetable oil. Okay. My, my van runs on diesel and vegetable oil. And a few times when I've crossed, that's the thing that they get really interested in. And that's what, like, they're not sure about. Oh, okay. They, and I, I know, I don't speak a lot of Spanish, but I know how to say aceite. Aceite? Aceite. Aceite. De vegetal. <laughs> de vegetal. Vegetal. Aceite vegetal. Yeah, I'm not obviously. I just no, but that's, but, the, but I understand. I, I say that, you. and I explain. I have to explain to them because the first, it's like they're like, "What is that?" Because in the back, there's like these big 55 gallon okay. drums that have vegetable oil, and you know they ask to look in the back, and I don't. They're looking, I guess, if I'm smuggling anything or from whatever. Yeah, it's way more suspicious than in the tar. Or right, a, right. I mean a base, but the base is big. I mean, yeah, but the, it's clearly way not important compared to the yeah. big drugs. Yeah, we hadn't even got to the other that part because it really, the way my van, you can't see it, but like all my stuff is in the middle, and then uh, the all the oil is in the back. So first, this time the, the border cop, she she like asked to look in the back, so I go open the back. And there's two big 55-gallon drums of oil and a bunch of other stuff that's just covered in oil. And it's it's a mess back there. It's totally... That's that's why it's separate is because that part's, like, super gross. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I try to keep it off my other stuff. So then I show her that and she's like, what is this? <laughs> you know? And I'm explaining it. And she then... She goes ahead and looks in the middle, like, on the side door. And, uh, you know... Then she's like, I need to go check with somebody about this. Can you follow me? And she goes, takes me to another guy who checks it out too. And he's asking about it. And I, I'm trying, he didn't speak any English. I'm trying to explain in my totally broken Spanish that my van runs on it. It took a while to get that. He's just like, why do you have this? What are you doing with this? And I'm like, um, Usa gasolina, pero aceite vegetal. And I'm like trying to say, he finally gets it. 
and I mean I said it I don't think I said it that way the first time I think oh, it took me a sounds, few times sounds like you had it down like eventually how that you, eventually how you <laughs> I eventually arrived there and I explained it to him and he's looking at it and he's like man I've never seen this I've, he's a, he's, I just I heard nunca nunca uh -huh. nunca and uh, yeah so he's he's just like I've never heard of this really your car runs on vegetable oil and he's sort of impressed and that's usually what I hope is that they'll just be like that's cool man good yeah, job yeah I mean that is cool but sometimes they're not sometimes they're like I don't think, I don't know if you can transport you know vegetable oil in large quantities across the border sometimes that's their concern they're yeah. not sure about it but they're it means they can't just let me go until they check yeah, and, and it's a difficult cat. Also, I've tried to search for things to, on the online for the, but to be able to cross to the U.S. and sometimes right. that's even uh, a little ambiguous. Yeah. So for Mexico, it's probably a little way more. Yeah. Ambiguous. Well, I've had I've had issues going back into the U.S. with it too. I mean, I think in general, if you're going back to your home country, it's not as much of a pain as when you're going to the the country you don't live in. But even as a U.S. citizen, it's a pain sometimes going back into the U.S. So I can only imagine how shitty it is for folks who aren't. And uh, yeah, sometimes. And this is the other thing: is there are some. I think. Technically, it's illegal to run on vegetable in some places. I don't know if it's everywhere or what, but I've I've been told that there are states where they made it illegal because the road tax is excised through the sale of gasoline. And so if you're not buying gasoline, then you're using the roads but not paying road tax. Uh -huh. That's how they made, that's how they say. Unless you're on toll roads only. Right, which I try not to do. Course. Um, anyway, it's just there's been a number of times that I've crossed the border and I I was thinking of what's my lie gonna be about playing shows, but then it turns out they're more interested in the oil. You just never know. But the topic of crossing borders with your instruments and art and like how you view yourself and how you have to accept. The, uh, talking about value, you know, value, what value things have, and, yeah, um, things that make you go, hmm, that's what I gotta say, <laughs> you know, it's just like stuff to think about, no, what value and how to, if we uh, want to keep on doing what we love, we have to figure out ways to, to do that in talking about this, sharing. Right. Uh, especially like now on, online and stuff. I think that's very important. So, actually, thanks for sharing and doing this uh, podcast too, and also driving along. I'm very inspired by people who come and uh, on tour, pass by here because it's um, a lot of people who do this are might have a day job or not but they are serious about their passion and that's very inspiring so that's yeah. very cool so well, I appreciate I, uh, let's sh keep I on sharing these these stories no? yeah yeah that's definitely the idea I love to to spread it out there and I wanted I thought uh, before we hadn't met yet but I asked you if you wanted to do the show thinking like I know that because you I didn't know too much about your life but 
you call your organization Borderlands. Borderland a, Noise. Borderland Noise. And so I sort of was thinking already about this. Even then, I was thinking about the border and thinking like, oh, I should have some stories from like from Mexico, from Canada, from wherever I go, you know, that someone can hear it and think, oh yeah, that's cool. I should check out their music. That's you know, so. so. I love that the car alarm just came off. <laughs> done deal. I guess it's a done deal. Uh, thank you so much, Edek, for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, you folks listening. Um, this has been more show. show ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.